I mean, I think it's the future for sure. I think that's the smartest and coolest and most fascinating brands are, are telling uh, stories that are not motivated by any kind of immediate self-interest. They're, they're motivated by entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a brand new rock star. He's a writer, a short film creator, an award-winning storyteller. He's the founder of Human Factor Media, Zach Slingsby. Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to I want to jump right in on this, like as an award-winning video creator, and I'm, I, I, I enjoy creating videos as well. So I always like to hear the perspective of someone who does video and storytelling as a as a career. What is your opinion? Like, obviously, a lot of brands are creating videos and some of them work and some of them don't. So what is your opinion on why so many brands create videos that seem to flop? Mm. Um, it's a good question. It definitely feels like an epidemic. Um, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to be glib about it. You know, like, uh, there are very sophisticated brand videos that do very well for, uh, the teams that are, that are creating them and running them that are, uh, you know, traditional ad videos and they, um, but the, the bar is very low for a success on those videos. You, you people are usually very excited about a, you know, 2% click-through rate and a 0.5% convert rate. So we, we know, we all know the statistics are, are abysmal, but, but the standard of success is just that low because the, the noise level has never been greater and the, the, right. the amount of content we're bombarded with is preposterous. So um, to, to prove your point, I guess 20 something billion dollars will be wasted in skipped ads mm -hmm. over a four year period, billion. It's competitive. So um, yeah, I, by and large, consumers have offered a referendum on most of the content coming out and we say, we don't like it. We don't want to see that. It's not for us. It's annoying. It disrupts our viewing experience. And um, it's just not where the consumer is. We've become so sophisticated at getting around right. content that we don't want to see. So why do they fail? Um, I, I think that we still, despite everything else evolving very quickly in our in our technological experiences and our entertainment experiences, our entertainment options have proliferated so much. Despite all of that, our our advertising is our advertising habits are so similar to what they were 20, 30 years ago. Um, mm. We have a kind of commercial hangover that we can't escape as um, as brand. Uh, managers or people who are responsible for messaging. Um, there are buzzwords that mean nothing to us anymore. You hear things in commercials, it's just so, it's just like lost all flavor. They're meaning anti-lock breaks and 30% APR financing and no money down and, uh, you know, uh, risk-free and all these adjectives that are supposed to tell us something about what the product is that, um, have just are, are deafening and and we we have no ability to perceive the value behind them anymore mm -hmm. so i think that that itch to communicate that way that habit of communicating if you're a brand or a business or a service or a product that's uh that uh temptation is responsible for for partially at least responsible for the epidemic mm. so it's like trying to figure out a way to do a quality piece but doing it in a way that actually breaks through so 
uh, I guess that leads nicely into my next question because branded content is something that we're seeing a lot today, right? Like this where you're, you know, for those who don't understand, but it's one of those where the brands sort of intermix themselves with the message. So what is your take on, on branded content? I mean, I think it's the future for sure. I think that's the smartest and coolest and most fascinating brands are, are telling uh, stories that are not motivated by any kind of immediate self-interest. They're, they're motivated by entertainment. They're motivated by narrative. They're motivated to um, extol a story in some way. Um, um, Formula 51, just this, I just saw this this week. They, they created a, um, the, uh, there's a very now popular Netflix series and it's fourth or fifth season about this. I haven't watched it, but it's, uh, it's uh, the, the tweet thread that I, I will share with you. Maybe you can link in here, but it, it, it told the story of how they went from deciding, you know, we're only interested in a select few people. So we're just going to market to this very specific demographic who will be interested in coming to our events to, we want it. We want the world to understand the value of what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And that inspired them to, to tell a story in this huge international way uh, by partnering with Netflix and talking about the people on the front lines of these events. And this, this, uh, this thread, this article, and what I think is now popular opinion on this is that it ended up translating to a $3 billion increase in their valuation. Mm. So you can't put a price on the entertainment value. I mean, it's incalculable. You have no idea where it's going to go, how it'll lead. If you affect someone's um, someone's sense of, of themselves through story and through narrative, you have no idea what that can do for a brand picture, like the bar that cheers was based on, you know I mean? They would never have to advertise again. You know I mean? You think yeah. about, Side, what Sideways did for uh, Sonoma in California, the movie Sideways, or what uh, Fast and the Furious did for auto engineers. I mean, they, people say that that industry just blew up after yeah. those movies came out. And so you, you, when you match the novelty of story to something very concrete and specific, like a, like a product, uh, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, it reminds me of um, you know, Seth Godin is one of my guys that I, I read and, you know, I pay a lot of attention to it in his most recent book, This Is Marketing. He talks about the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we're trying to measure marketing with direct marketing metrics. But brand marketing is, you know, both are, both are important, but you can't measure them with the same metrics. And it, it, like, so branded content is more on the brand marketing side. It might take a little longer, but yet you never know when there's going to be a home run. Um, but if you just said, Hey, we're going to do one Netflix episode and, and a marketing manager is like, Hey, we need there to be a click through at the end. Well, that's not how that works. And so we have to sort of change the way that we think about um, going to market. So Good point. Yeah. I would say, sorry, do I want to cut you no, off? Here. No, go ahead. Well, I, I read that book and that, that is um, that's profoundly true. And he advocates for changing the metrics around that too. Yes. And um, there's um, um, there's a group in the UK that's more proficient at this industry than we are. Let's say there we're like in the second or third inning They're, Those guys are like, you know, closers at this point. So they're, they're great, brilliant filmmakers, storytellers. And they, um, they um, uh, created a series for Red Bull and they talked about one of the questions they were asked in the follow-up was, how do you measure whether this is working? And Red Bull had Red Bull developed the, the uh, metrics for success. You want you, you have any guess what they what they were? This will be a pure guess, but I have to think it's sales. But go ahead. No, no. So so their Red Bull's content game is so sophisticated, and they yeah. they have Red Bull TV, and they've been making docs for a long time, and they're very 
they they really are pioneers in this this yeah. it's, uh, mechanism. So they told these guys uh, what we want to see. We want to see views, but the, the way we're going to gauge the success of this campaign, the comments, hmm. the comments on the actual docs themselves. We want to see if people are moved by this. We want to see how deeply they've engaged. You know, if they have anything to compare it to in their own their own lives, that was their biggest metric for success: is how much they reach people in the comments section. So that wow. was really interesting. That yeah. is really interesting. That's so that that leads great into my next question because it's like I think we hear this as marketers and we're like, okay, what we're doing now isn't working, and then there's this other you know way of doing it that is that seems to be working for certain people. But how do you bridge the gap? So how can brands use storytelling to create better videos and ultimately better marketing? What, what tips do you have? I mean, you know, I think it begins with that realignment of perspective that we're discussing here. You know, how do you how do you um, start by asking what story should we tell instead of what metric do we have to hit this quarter? And yeah. and, and I, I'm not I'm not gainsaying that. Like I understand it's hard, and a lot of brands are they're working with you know the runway of VC capital, and they have to hit certain things, especially if they're a younger, less established brand. Um, and we've worked with all kinds, and it's so it's very. Um, it's not like it's an easy thing. It's not right. like this is an easy thing to make. I uh, otherwise, everybody would be doing it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And if you're a CEO and you're, you know, you're uh, bombarded with to-dos and someone comes to you and they say, look, pause all that. Let's go out and make a short film for two weeks. <laughs> and it's going to cost like twice as much as what you would normally. I yeah. understand it's hard to, to make that choice, but I would just, I would look into consumer habits. I would start there. I would look into, you know, what are, what are P, how are people engaging with your stuff that you're putting out right now? Is it obviously disruptive to what they were already doing? Is it obviously irritating uh, them and, and driving them further away from your brand? How, how human is it? You know, you're talking, whether it's B2B or B2C or D2C or whatever, you're they're human beings on the other end of that ad. Yeah. And so uh, how much are you reaching them in that, that space where they actually make decisions? Yeah. No, I like that. So we've, we've talked a bunch of marketing, uh, storytelling, all that sort of thing. I want to finish sort of with a little bit more personal question. So what are some things that you've struggled with? And this might be professionally or personally or whatever. What are some things that you've struggled with or have in the past and how do you overcome them? Uh, that's a good question. How long is this podcast? <laughs> um, well, what comes to mind right away is just, um, what I think could be an Achilles heel of any any creative business is is the fo is focus on a, on a certain tangible goal, mm. completing that goal, moving on to the next one. Okay. Um, that kind of triaging, like there's an old trope that turns out to be incredibly true about creatives that you're just too restless and you move on too fast to too many ideas and you want to do thirty things at once, mm. and yeah, you're just driven by a kind of adrenal uh, passion to find this next inspiring thing. Yeah. And that's totally accurate. And, um, you know, it can be, uh, it can be uh, very painful if you're not able to, to focus, see things through and, and move yeah. on to this thing. Cause there's so many exciting yeah. avenues and we're dealing, we're juggling a lot of projects at once and it's a lot of fun. And then we have personal projects that we do on the side. I still write. So I write on the side, you know, I, there's so many things. And so you're, you're, I guess the biggest thing that I struggle to overcome is excitement over and over abundance <laughs> of excitement about things and just do, you know, the effort on the far side of creativity is yeah. so much more, is so much more important, so much more lacking than the initial inspiration. Everybody's inspired 
it's very hard to see something through the tedium of execution. That is a totally honest and and totally true statement. Um, It's something that I have historically struggled with a little bit in the past, too. There's a great book about it uh, by John Acuff. He wrote a good book called Start, but there's a book called Finish. And he gives all (laughs) kinds of tactics on how to sort of see through the shiny next thing to to finish the thing you're working on now. And uh, it's it's something that I've like listened to twice because because I was like, I I need to rehear that message a couple of times. I'm going to get that. I'm going (laughs) to forget. Cool. Well, Zach, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. This has been really fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. Thanks, Kirby. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. 